Okay, so Ali, what happened last time? I was on fire, and then there was a shark, and in the shark was Narnia, and I definitely did dream this. Okay, good. Is that the whole thing? The, that guy stole some things. Cupcake, macho cupcake. Cupcake, yeah, he's in he's in trouble. He's in trouble with um, he, the cat. He's cupcake. dead. He's not in trouble. He's, yeah, he's in trouble with the devil. It's worse than that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in about as much trouble as you can be in. Uh oh, he's in trouble. Someone's <laughs> come alone and run him through with a harpoon. <laughs> oh, it doesn't yeah. scan as well, that version, does it? There was a lot of people in the water, wasn't there? I remember that now. Yes. Well, you and Tristan and Percy. Uh, but Percy was bobbing around. Oh, yeah, where did Percy go in? Uh, he was a big old ice cube. Yeah, it was a big old ice cube. I genuinely feel like I'm explaining a dream. Playing it cool. Percy tried to stop Cupcake from leaving, tried to freeze him, instead froze himself, fell in the water, became an ice cube. On the other side of the boat, Enigma was had fallen in. Tristan dived in to save her. As he was trying yes. to save her, a shark came along. Tristan tried to save Enigma, but the shark saved Enigma first. So Tristan <laughs> then explained to us as we got to the top of the ship that Enigma was dead. Uh, we were then gutted. And then on walked Enigma, as if nothing had happened. Nothing had happened. To shock and awe. One of the consequences of this is that the good ship Ghost, and it is a good ship in spite of its uh, captain and possibly crew, is down by a cook. And the captain decides that that evening he'll organise a trial of any volunteers who want to replace Macho Cupcake and take over his cushy role in the galley. They have a chance to demonstrate their skills tonight. Pancake flipping contest. First up. I'm doing that. He's really looking for someone in it for the long run. But do any of you want to try your hand as potential ship's cook for the rest of your journey? Yeah. He's already looked at Banbury <laughs> and suggested he's a barely adequate weevil picker and doesn't appear to have the makings of a ship's chef. That's bullshit. Oh, I'm not. Look, look, I'm not the captain. No, no. <laughs> like a load of weevils are getting just kicked around angrily by a <laughs> wretched little scumbag now as he's stropping. He thought that job was his. Bullshit. Does anyone else want to try their hand as ship's chef? Temp- tempting. Yeah. Well, what's the worst that can happen? You roll badly and it's disgusting, or you roll yeah. well and you're a master chef now for the rest <laughs> of the session. I'm doing that. I'm going to create some crazy dish. Monkfish stuffed with a little bit of barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going for it. I don't want to adhere to the patriarchy. Uh, you know, basically, I would just be reinforcing stereotypes. Yeah, but think about it. You could be breaking <laughs> stereotypes because you choose. You choose to follow the stereotypes. Nah. Other people <laughs> for me. Nah. Also, you you have I... did set up an artisan coffee shop in competition with the galley previously. <laughs> That's a coffee shop. You'll be cutting your own throat. Yeah, and that's a coffee shop. So the only food you can get there is really fancy cakes that are in lots of different colours and little stripes. And, and oh, maybe... Oh, a bacon cake. Bacon and beer cake. Overpriced paninis. Yeah, but I can't toast them. I'm scared of fire now. <laughs> Tristan, are you going to try your hand as a ship's chef? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. I, I don't want the role. And, you know, I'll help Bambri as much as I can. I'm, I'm going to actually walk over and give him some words of encouragement and just say, come on, lad. I believe in you. I tell you what, if it's me and you in the running, I'll throw it. Throw it up. Then you are guaranteed this role. I reckon you are going to be a good cook. I'm not going to eat it, but these guys will. They don't know you don't clean your hands. If if you're not going to eat it, what are you going to do for the next month? I'll just sing. 
about food that sustains me if music be the food of love <laughs> kick him overboard then eat your fucking heart out everyone else I'll, song, I'll sing a little song and then kind of go ooh that's a bit much actually <laughs> a bit full fruity I'll, I'll have to tell a little poem later as an after dinner drink, like the equivalent of a coffee a quiet poem to myself Nice. Yeah, so that's the plan, Banbury. Let's get you in this role. I'll get to the end stage and I'll throw it. Unless you outcook me, which will never happen. And I'm just going to walk off. <laughs> so what was your chosen recipe, Tristan? Um, yeah, well, I'm going to go with the monkfish uh, with stuff with the softest parts of the barracuda flesh. Brilliant. Um, okay. The, so, oh, I'm, that, well, that's it. Oh, fine. <laughs> I'm never going to win now if that's all I'm allowed to cook. With chips. No, I'm just thinking for this starting point, let's have the scene of you catching this monkfish and barracuda. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to strip off my top and I take <laughs> one of the big fishing poles and the other sailor's like, what? he'll never catch anything with that. And I kind <laughs> of look at them and chuckle and turn away. And I'm going to go to the boat and whoosh, cast off. First, I'm going to get the monkfish because it keeps better. Okay, so the monkfish... This is going to be a really boring episode, I, I feel, already. <laughs> the monkfish <laughs> lives right at the bottom of the sea. So that's, that's right. a got... large number of fathoms. Hi, but um, catching it is a habit. Yeah, but I've tied quite a few. I've They're actually a bit annoyed because I've, I've actually taken four fishing rods and taken the line off them <laughs> and tied them onto one. I think that's what they were getting at. Okay, it sounds like you know a lot about fishing, yeah, so yeah. give me a wisdom roll and let's see what you find. The monkfish are cloistered away. I assume that's a pun, but I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of puns. Oh, I know a shitload of... It's the law. It's one of my um, discern reality roles. <laughs> finally rolled well it's i mean it takes it takes a while but i you you hold it and you wait and then you feel they give a different bite to the rest of the fish and i've kind of worked my way up so i caught a little fish then i caught a bigger fish (laughs) then i killed that and caught a bigger fish and now i finally got the the heart of the biggest fish to lower to the monkfish so amazing but that's only stage one i've got to get the barracuda now (laughs) and that's a whole different beast I think on this roll, you get both your monkfish and your well, barracuda. Basically, the barracuda, as the and monkfish the is coming trolley. up, bites onto the end of the barrac- uh, onto the monkfish. And I pull both in one big whammy. You've pre-stuffed like, it with the yeah, other fish. Yeah, I'm just fish. like, oh my God, this is brilliant. <laughs> wow, this is like the old man and the sea all over again. Exactly. This is like a Hemingway episode. Yeah, so... I'm then going to go back, chop some garlic, and it's all really quick and quite deft because I'm used to holding a guitar and playing a guitar, so my fingers are quite quick for peeling and chopping and preparing the dishes. Are you taking part as well, Banbury? Uh, Yeah, sure. Banbury is going to do something just as flash. Uh, What he's going to do is he's going to do some weevil mash. And what he's done there is he's got all the weevils and he's mashed them with a shoe that he's found on the floor, (laughs) uh, which has added a bit of grit. Um, To complement that, he has got a load of the biscuits and he's crumbled them all up and he's taken some brown liquid from one of the pots. He doesn't know what it is, but he's sure it probably tastes all right. And uh, he's just crumbled it into that to make a, a a lovely paste. So weevil mash nice. and brown biscuit paste. Brown biscuit paste. Real staple. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, th- this was pretty much cupcake standard. So, Hold on, uh, let's roll to see if he makes it first. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> Does he manage to hit it with a shoe? Yeah, okay, Banbury, give me a wisdom roll. Let's see how your uh, recipe works out. <laughs> oh, right in the middle. Yeah, it works out pretty much the way you expected. <laughs> That's a success for him. Some of the That's weevils not... aren't actually killed by the boots, so they're still trying <laughs> to crawl out of the mess of their dying relatives. But the first bite is with the eye, and at least that way they can tell it's fresh. <laughs> the very freshest weevil. A certain chitinous uh, texture. <clears throat> well, for the other two, Percy and Enigma... To thank you for the oh. hilarity he enjoyed this afternoon, you've been invited to dine <laughs> at the captain's table Yay. and to assist in judging this feast that's being laid on. 
Oh, you are a gentleman, sir. Thanks. I'll bring some overpriced stripy cake. <laughs> you know, I noticed a uh, a barrel of dried noodles that were being transported as trade with a little bag of soy sauce down there. I reckon <laughs> if you boiled up some of that seawater and just lobbed it in, <laughs> then uh, you could call it a barrel noodle. Salty noodles. Something similar. Noodles to say. That should see you good. Yeah, noodles to go. Let's have the wisdom roll, see if it works. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wise about pot noodles. Percy's contribution. So, the evening goes ahead. As it always does. As it always has been known to. Inexplicable. So, the captain's ready room has a big table and it's fairly austere. There's a couple of chests at the side of the room. There are seats, obviously, round the table, and all the glasses are like those bowl-bottomed ones that rock with the motion of the ship. Classy. They are pretty classy. He's got a big decanter of port on the table, and another decanter of Alvarad and brandy. Also with you are a few members of the kind of senior crew, including the lead hunter, Loth Spinnaker, and Elsa Chinate, who is the uh, sailing master. Oh, and the quartermaster, Silas Welk, whose name I'd completely forgotten about, but it's surprisingly amusing to me. Silas Welk. Silas Welk. Where's your Welk? There's a night in the slammer for you. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you can't show your Welk credentials at any time, there's <laughs> I trouble. I stole that from Reeves and Mortimer. So, you're sat around the table... And the first dish comes in. When the dish comes in. Prepared by Yedda, who's one of the seal hunters. What is it, Enigma? Seal. <laughs> seal, okay, perfect. <laughs> seal flash. I, I mean, How's... you know, that's it's likely to be uh, his thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solitary brother. Um, it tastes like a kiss from a rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one got me anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's pre, you know. Age specific. <laughs> it's a little crazy. It's probably a bit bl- blubbery and greasy. A little bit hard to get it down. <laughs> I think I know people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Milady. <laughs> but it's, you know, plated up nicely. There's like a little square of seal and then a little zigzag of gravy. <laughs> Nice. Four peas and a tiny sprig of coriander. It's parsley. Oh, sorry, parsley. Yeah, I, you would, of course, have that with seal. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't put... Like, the flavour's just not right unless you've got parsley. It's a delicacy. Also, a leader puck, one of the foremast hands, is trying her hand. Percy, what has she prepared? I imagine that she's prepared a dish of salted mackerel. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, actually. Quite I'm quite a fan of salted yeah. mackerel. Yeah, I'd be on that. Yeah. Is it on toast? Yeah. I like a bit of toast with that. No, it's it's just a salted mackerel. Each. <laughs> <laughs> Assaulted. Yeah. It's just been bludgeoned. It's battered. There's a barrel of salted mackerel that she's just basically pulled one out of. Nice. Okay, that that's pretty good. You know, you can't have the portions too big because otherwise the judges will be full long before they've had a chance to try everyone's food. So, the next person through is Banbury Lutz. Banbury, how do you present your meal to the assembly in the captain's ready room? I uh, I put it in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Very flashy. But more importantly, I bring in, uh, I give, I just slosh everyone a bowl of these disgusting looking gruels (laughs) but i also give a little biscuit on a plate and a glass of fresh milk and just slide that in front of the captain (laughs) you're a sly one Mm, that's it that's got it can't be that enigma how does banbury's construction taste you you enjoy rustic authenticity. Do you eat it? I think there's a plant pot nearby and the plant <laughs> quite enjoyed its food. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I like the fact that the captain grows a house plant in his ready room. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it's like an aspidistra. Keep the aspidistra sailing. <laughs> That's a George Orwell reference. I'm going properly obscure today. Percy, well, how do you hmm. respond to Banbury's culinary endeavours? Um, yes, yeah, so it, it has the texture of paste um, and an intense <laughs> mundanity about it. Uh, it. It wouldn't make you hoof, but it, it's 
It would. It, it would really, I suppose. <laughs> if the weather, if, if the conditions were right. Banbury looks very pleased with himself. <laughs> he's smiling. His hands are in his wizard robe pockets. <laughs> and he's rocking slightly back and forth as everyone's chewing down and enjoying. And as, as I'm eating, as I'm eating it up, I'm sort of looking at Banbury, going, mm, "Yes, it's lovely." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100% proud of himself, 100% definitely achieving his goal here. The captain has a relatively small taste. He raises an eyebrow at the rest of the room as if to say, how are you eating this? Then takes a soothing sip of milk. Does he dunk his cookie? And dunks the cookie. Yes! That's what he does. He's a dunker. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dunker. <laughs> So, another of the hands, Torquil, is up next. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was going up against Torquil. Go Torquil. Go Torquil. <laughs> what does he bring you? Candy floss. Candy floss. Wow. <laughs> just for the rest of the trip, everyone's just constantly <laughs> crashing on sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so he's like, I come from an old carnival family. We used to make this the whole time back home. And actually, his recipe, what he's got in there, it's like candy floss. But in the middle of the candy floss is a toffee apple. (gasps) (laughs) That guy's a genius. We're getting vitamin C, you guys. And he's giving it a sprinkling of crack. So everyone really loves it. (laughs) He hasn't given it a sprinkling of crack, to be very clear. Some of his use some of his mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> With a twist of heroin. Okay, and then uh, Tristan Wilde comes in. So what what does your dish look like, Tristan? Well let me just say that I'm gonna wait I'm gonna listen at the door until all the stuff's been cleared away before the main course. And I'm gonna wait just a little bit longer just to keep people like is he coming? Is he gonna turn up? What's he bought? And I'm I'm gonna kick open the doors. Almost, but not quite splintering them off their hinges. <laughs> I'm wearing my black Land of the Dead outfit, you know, with the little mini skulls on, looking pretty fly, black satin. Walk forwards, not needing to roll with it held in one hand. And then I'm going to lay it on the table in front of the captain. And I'm going to say, by your leave. And I'm going to pick up the brandy, cover my thumb over the, just do a little glug. And then lighter flint. Now, I haven't put too much brandy on. I put the correct amount of brandy on. Uh oh, I'm stepping back. Also, Tristan's been quite tactical in going last because after we've had like four fairly horrible tasting dishes, there's not much left of the port and the brandy. So, those of us doing the judging are already like. Candy floss was amazing. Yeah, I am. I am gonna glance at Torquil, and I'm like, if you're trying to get into my main character spot, I'm, I'm unimpressed. <laughs> I know your game, Torquil. I know your game. So I'm gonna. It just I, all the candles have been blown out, but I've sung a little song under my breath that blows the candles out. And, uh, <laughs> What's the song you sang? Like, that's not a song. It's just blowing. Yeah, it's basically just me blowing. Candle in the wind. I'm just walking on, going. Here comes the food. Don't pay attention to what I'm doing. Blowing each candle out as I walk past. And it's really obvious, but, you know, you let me have it. And so as I strike it, the monkfish catches gloriously and the skin crackles a little and the aroma fills the room. Oh, it smells of fish. And I'm going to step back with a flourish bow and hands in front of me in... What's the word I'm looking for? Can't remember. Supplication? That's what I do. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. I just like folded in front of you in like a uh, like a maitre d. Yeah, like a like a butler. <laughs> You're a butler. I see. So I'm going to say on the strength of that fishing roll <laughs> that this is pretty good fish. It's fresh. It tastes good. It's no weevil though, is it? Like it's not got the protein of a weevil. Spice pound for pound. The captain says, "Well, this is very enjoyable, Master Wild. Will you sit with us?" Not you, Torquil. <laughs> Torquil's like, oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> Just goes out. I was tempted to decline, but I'm going to look at Torquil and go, uh-huh, and I'm going to take my seat. And just um, keep glancing at him going, yeah, yeah. I'm at the table, Torquil, not you. Remember that. I don't know. How, how does monkfish stuffed barracuda taste, Percy? Fishy. Wait, I'm going to be throwing this. I haven't actually done the throwing it part. When, as soon as Percy's his tasty, I'm going to kick him and be like, mm, 
Mm-hmm. Um, delicious. Mm, yes. Imperceptibly shake my head. Like, oh, keep kicking him. No. I, I, by which I mean fantastic. I've never tasted <laughs> such a beautiful monkfish in my life. I'm going to kind of accept that. Mm-mm. The captain nods his head. He says, yes, I agree. Perhaps we should persuade Master Wild to stay on our ship as chef indefinitely. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing else to do. <laughs> well, he does do a very good monkfish. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take a while. You know, this took a good three days to prepare this monkfish. So <laughs> if you're happy to wait between meals, Captain, I'm, on, I'm all on board. I would say that when you say stay indefinitely, you probably mean just under a year by now. He's got a fairly limited shelf life, if I'm honest. Yeah. I'm not the wisest investment for long term, and I do cost a hell of a lot, so... There's a lot to weigh up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a spoonful of the wriggling um, maggots and go, mm, that is delicious, but I'm just going to keep it in my mouth. That is the best potato I've tasted. And give Bambri a smile. Huh? The captain glances at you, Enigma, and says, is he a kind of hamster? Little bit. Tristan, where did you get the maggots from? They were in the food already. <laughs> you put maggots in the fish. I didn't just bring food with me. Maggots with me, sorry. Weevils, <laughs> maggots, you know what? what I mean. Stop making me talk around this food. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I was nearly poisoned and I held it in my mouth indefinitely? That's, uh, not po- yeah, I was poisoned, I remember. Yeah, I'm doing that. Excellent. You can feel it, like, wriggling around yeah. in your mouth. You can feel little legs scratching the inside of your cheek. <laughs> maggots don't have legs. Little maggoty legs. Maggoty legs! Maggoty legs! <laughs> to be fair, Stu was saying maggots, but uh, Banbury made it very clear it was mostly weevils. So, yeah, uh, I suppose they are beetles, aren't they? Yeah. For some reason, so, every time I hear weevil, I think of a little maggot. That's a good point. Yeah, and there's probably some maggots in there, but yeah. they're more likely to have suffered the stomping of the boot. They're what, it's the maggots, the squished up maggots that really held the weevil carapace together, to be honest. So, I mean, it's a mix and match. It's everything yeah. protein-wise Banbury could find. I mean, insects really are a superfood. They are the way forward. The captain looks around the room and says, well, I suppose we'll... We'll be able to judge tomorrow if we've survived. But, you know, I wanted to say thank you to our freshest crew members. He indicates the Hawks. Yo. In fact, I think he invites Banbury to sit at the table as well. He's saying, I'd like to thank our freshest crew members for... Banbury's pulling a chair up really loudly. <laughs> for so, the... Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to use the distraction to spit my food under the table Bambri does not see I'm going to use sleight of hand so he doesn't see and then I'm going to go oh gulp that was delicious so the captain continue the captain says I'm in a forgiving mood because you made me laugh today it was an outstanding yes. performance on all parts and all's well as ends well eh always nice to see some hijinks that also have that moral heart where at the end of it a reprobate is brought to justice here here i'll (laughs) swig a drink now master wild the other day i heard you up in the rigging singing a song that sounded like one of the old folk tales from long ago about the pirate shanks and lucille de valence (laughs) As you're a bard, why don't you regale us with a tale from those days? Uh, what? <laughs> there were so many tales, my lord. What of the tale of when he avoided being mugged? <laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's terribly tiresome. I've always rather enjoyed the tale of the Kraken. I also have enjoyed said tale. <laughs> I shall stand up lavishly, kicking my chair back. And it kind of shocks the room and kind of everyone's like, oh, oh. Especially because like these chairs, they're designed to stay in heavy seas. So they really stay on the floor. So like when you kick your chair back, it goes like about three inches. But it makes quite a lot of noise. A bit like when Banbury was dragging his chair up to the table. The candles are still low. So I'm going to get some brandy and pour it into a glass and then flink that to create the dark, ghoulish, um, ghostly light. And um, because I know these guys are whalers, 
I'm going to tie the kraken into well, the Well, te- technically they're seal hunters. Well, pro- you know, they whale in their off time. And I'm going to tell them the tale of the great white kraken. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. And they, they know, they've all, all sailors and seamen know of the great white kraken. Yeah. So I start to paint the picture of, this was back in the day when they had great, when the kraken just roamed the seas and they had great kraken <laughs> hunting navies and they would send hundreds of ships after these kraken and they'd only... A scant few would return, destroyed by the great harvest of kraken. It was known it was when they went to the breeding grounds and the kraken, the sea was just alive and writhing with blood and tentacles. And obviously kraken semen, that's a given. That's just, you know, let's just brush over that part. Um, and then the kraken eggs would be as hard as diamonds and twice the size of a, a big diamond, because otherwise that's still pretty small. Is that what they went hunting for? Were they like a famed treasure? Well, that was the main reason. Yeah, this is this is it. Everyone knows that the main reason was the, the, kraken, the kraken eggs. Uh, but the hide sold really well. And uh, it was on one of these fateful nights that Shanks and Lucille, and I can't remember if it was, Lucille de Ville rather than de Valence but her name has been lost to the annals of history now so there's so much of these two and it was on one this this fateful night that Shanks and Lucille found a pair of Kraken not dissimilar to themselves um, lovers who had spanned lovers who spanned time and space and reality these two perfect creatures and they saw a lot in themselves but because they had been drinking they kind of killed the female by mistake. No. And they just, well, they were so, they found it so beautiful. This, and unlike the other Kraken who were writhing and slashing and smashing to breed, these two were just circling each other, kind of like newts, but deadly newts. <laughs> and there was just this, a dance in the moonlight and all the ferocity and violence was over in the seas. And there was this beautiful dance. And while Shanks and Lucille, as you know, started to dance, they, they weren't actually man in the ship, so they just went straight <laughs> into the female. Um, and there was this roar of anguish that, that was heard for many miles. And um, the great white kraken at that point, he, he chased them. Unfortunately, they were in the fastest ship in any <laughs> world, land or system. And Shanks, <laughs> pulling on a single rope, caught the morning wind, which took him into the morning tide and he was gone. No one's ever outrun a kraken to this day. But and, and again, I hate to repeat until this day that it is said that the the Kraken has chased him ever since, destroying any ship it sees in the hope that one day it will find the the monster that killed its mate. And then as I say mate, the candle just and I sneak out the room. <laughs> but also I'm gonna listen back to see if there's applause. There's like a little round of applause. A, a little? That's well there's only like Eight, eight people in the room, so it's not going to be like a huge arena's worth of roaring crowd. Fine, I'm going to clap outside as well, and I'm going to add to the clap. So yeah, there's like a little smattering of applause, and also there's like the noise coming back into the room, like people picking up their glasses and stuff, and you realise maybe a couple of people have been holding their breath, they've been following your story in depth, and then one of the other members of the crew who's there, I think it's the sailing master, Elsa, she says... I've heard tell of the Great White Kraken as well. It's a legendary beast of the ocean. Terrible thing it is. I once saw, once met a man who said he'd seen it, but he was a notorious liar, so I imagine he hadn't. <laughs> Good story. Good story. Mm. You once heard someone that said something that you don't believe. Nice. Yeah, tell us, tell us more of those. I'm slip quietly back into the room. I mean, it's not very dramatic, but uh, that was interesting and I wanted to hear more. <laughs> and so I, I think probably you spend an evening, you have food, you have wine and port, and the captain's in quite an affable mood. So how objectionable is Banbury? How, how, how much does Banbury alienate everyone before the <laughs> evening's out? Probably a fair bit. I mean, uh, charisma definitely is his dump stat. No, I, I almost feel like... You know, I just want to remind everyone, he is he is disgusting. He is almost to the point where he smells so bad, you, just being near him, you're kind of dry retching a little bit. He hasn't washed in how many years. He is, a, he is an ugly little face. He is not, uh, you know, he is not good to hang around. The captain might like it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe, but you're in an enclosed room with him now. An enclosed room that's rocking side to side. As you're drinking, you know, he's a wretched little shitbag. Let's, uh, 
Let's not mince our words here. Also, as you're sitting around, you probably get like the sensation of weevils climbing up your leg from where Tristan spat them on the floor earlier. <laughs> it's fine. To be honest, Banbury probably wants to excuse himself at Stump Sage because I. He Don't had do a it in plan. the room. Go to the bathroom. Yep. Uh, I'm going to leave you adults to, you know, wherever this is, Bond. I'm going for a walk. Bye. Have fun. See you on the deck or something. Banbury, <laughs> wait! Banbury will wander away. The captain gestures to Elsa to open one of the windows and everyone just breathes deeply for a moment. And then the conversation resumes. So what does Banbury go off and do? So Banbury's going to return to uh, the room, which we've been given, where we're storing our stuff. And I'm going to crack open my grimoire and I'm going to try and cast a spell that I hadn't cast before that I assume I've been practicing. Um, yep. So I'm going to cast something called True Sight. Yeah. Uh, with that, Banbury's going to sit down. He's going to focus. And when his eyes open, they're going to glow green for a little bit. And then they're going to return to normal. And he's going to wander around the ship and have a little investigate. I'm going to see if there's anything weird on the ship if there's any weird people on the ship, if anything doesn't appear as it should. And then, if nothing does appear like that, I'm going to have a quick peek through a window and stare at the captain and see if he's magical in some way. Okay, cool. So uh, I assume that's a cast a spell roll. It is. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, that looks like it worked. So you can see as you walk around the ship, it's quiet. Somewhere in the west, on the far horizon, you see something strange like a heat haze over the water. But you can't really... Do I think it's the land? No, the land is to the east. Ah, okay. This is out to sea. Oh. There's not much out to the west. There are a few small islands. And somewhere out there is a, is a town called Drift, which is the town the sea elves live in, or one town that the sea elves live in. They may have others elsewhere, but that's not in any fixed place. It's just out there somewhere. If I see a haze, can I try and concentrate on it and try and figure out what it is, or am I just getting the impression something weird is over there? It's really far away. Okay. It's like fine. somewhere on the horizon, like if you saw a little cloud or speck or something in the far distance you couldn't couldn't judge what it is but there's definitely is something out there okay aside from that around the ship things are quite normal it's a very much a mundane ship there's nothing mysterious about it at all if you peep through the window you will see that there is something strange about the sealskin coat (laughs) that loath spinnaker the head hunter and that the captain wear they're not the same coat they both have these sealskin coats and both of those shimmer with a certain magic but there's nothing inherently magic about the captain himself the captain himself isn't magic no okay magical seals but yes it's it seems as though his coat is okay so that's what i think you spot from that from that point banbury's just going to go up and try and find a sailor who can teach him how to navigate. If we're going to be at sea for a long time, presumably they're navigating by the stars. Banbury doesn't know how to do that. If we're going to be stuck on the ship for a long time, and if we're going to be in the desert for some time, Banbury wants to learn how to navigate. Okay, that's really cool. You will find one of the crew who is able to do that. And that will be Cinta. She's got bob hair, an eye patch, and she's currently at the helm. And it's quiet, it's dark, it's a night watch, and it's a fairly peaceful night. So she's quite bored and quite happy to talk to you about how they navigate the ship. So how are they doing it? I don't know. Do you want it to be more interesting than just by the stars? This is a fantasy setting. Could there be different things that happen? Well, exactly. We're portraying a fantastic world. We know we have two moons in the sky, so there could well be some other things that they're using. That must make the tides really complicated. I think it'd be quite cool if there was patterns in the water that glowed different colours due to algae and they move around at different times at different parts of the sea. Yeah, so actually on the sea, the, the algae in different currents just spark with different colours maybe. Hmm. So that gives you, like, there's, like, the stars below and the stars above. That won't help that much when we hit the desert, but it'll look cool for now. Oh, yeah, it looks really cool. It's a good image. So, yeah, okay, that's cool. Now, the rest of you have had a relatively fine dinner. Some of it was weevil paste, 
but other parts of it were... Candy floss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how, is there anything you aim to get done with the rest of the evening? They're just going to... I'll talk for them. They're just going to enjoy the meal as it goes through the system. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to kind of sit back because it's a really filling dish. We've eaten a lot. And, yeah. You know, anything they wanted to do, they keep going, oh, I should really... No, that was so good. He's so good. Okay. We've had a lot of brandy as well. Yeah, you have had a lot of brandy, so you may well end up singing shanties yeah, to... in the middle of the night. Doing after-dinner speeches. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Percy, Percy's natural environment Percy's, is after-dinner. Yeah. Oh, man. So, he's uh... gonna, I'm just sitting there getting a bit annoyed because he's kind of stepping on the toes of my story and everyone seems to be enjoying his a bit more. And every time he says watermelon, everyone kind of laughs and slaps the table. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, yeah! <laughs> That's when she said, no, she's having terrible trouble with her angina. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't help but I laugh almost more heartily than the rest. And I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> this guy is on fire. I'm so glad he's not a bard. He's, yeah. he's gifted. He's touched by, by the, the wild music. He's literally touched by the goddess. That might yeah. be part of it. But it's like the goddess of justice and thunder. <laughs> so, uh, the goddess. Do you get a special wish from your goddess and you waste it on after dinner speaking? <laughs> Mate, that might be like part of her remit. I mean, she's already the goddess of thunder and justice, maybe also after dinner <laughs> speeches. <laughs> thunder, justice and the after dinner speaking circuit. I feel at some point when the evening gets more serious and Percy and Tristan are quite quite drunk i'm going to start retelling him of Kissing. when i actually met a coney well that's that's later this is at the serious part not now i'm i'm not going to tell him but everyone's being serious and like the captain's telling enigma about the things some of the things he's ashamed of and he's you know and <laughs> the captain's in the back and trying to say stuff and every time he says something we're like ah, another thing that i mentioned that I didn't <laughs> Okay, so we could maybe fade the evening out there. Mid-morning the next day, a call goes out from the crow's nest. Are you in the crow's nest, Enigma? Are you back on your old watch? Yep, yep. I had a sleep up there and everything. It was great. Nice. Yeah. So were you the person that spotted a small boat out to the west, drifting? It's unlikely because I did have a lot of brandy. So maybe it was the person who was actually keeping watch and I was just kind of nestled around their feet. Just a bit passed out and that dude was the one that spotted it. So basically you go up to the crow's nest and Marek is on watch and you basically fall asleep and then you're getting nudged uh. and Torquil's now on watch and he's like, could you check something for me? What is it, Torquil? Hey, come and see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah, yeah, Tristan's just following him around, just interrupting every time he says something. Every time the camera pans to him, I just grab it and put it back on me and start a monologue. It was Talk nine well, years since he was last in Falmouth. Talk was like, I think there's a boat over there. Does that look like a boat to you? Yeah, but it is the sea. It'd be weird if it was not a boat. Well, they got no sailor oars there, I can see. So they might be in trouble. Ah. Should we send out... We should uh, <laughs> We should shout, shout the captain see if he'll let us uh, send out a little, uh, you know, saving party. Rescue party. That's the word people use. <laughs> oh, you really did have some brandy last night, didn't you? And gin right now. Breakfast gin. <laughs> Breakfast gin. The finest kind of gin. He calls out... Ship ho off the larboard bow. You're a shit ho. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to then vomit over the the side. So. Oh, what the hell? What's all this? Ah! Ah! It's a lot of shouting. Banbury's going to look straight up. <clears throat> uh, presumably, and now smiling and waving Enigma. Hey! <laughs> hey, Banbury! Look! Your weevil's in one piece. That's. I mean, that's just horrible, Enigma. Ah. It's a weevil in your ear. The ship sweeps in towards this small drifting boat. And as it comes closer, you can see that there are indeed some people on it. And they seem to be in quite a bad way. They don't have any oars or sails. It's just a single boat. And they look like they've been out under the sky for a while. There's a woman in a broad-belted shirt and a couple of guys just half-laying in this boat. 
and the ghost pulls up alongside. Do any of you go down to help them aboard? Hell yeah. Or are you like going to watch? The this call that's gone out, it's is it raised all hands? I mean if I was I'm assuming I was down in the deck. Yeah, yeah. So so you'd have had time by the time like that you'd hear a call and then you feel the ship shifting over to the port. Kristen's not that heavy. <laughs> He is today. He's eaten a lot of monkfish and barracuda. <laughs> so you, you certainly have time to see as this uh, ship gets closer. Um, yeah, I'll wander up to Bambury. Um, Bambury, it looks as if they're going to need some help. Um, could I count on you just to keep the captain occupied, should he need to be? Or persuaded in some way? Yeah, I mean, maybe I can help get him to help get rid of all of Enigma's vomit off me. So that'll keep him distracted. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I'll go chat. Do you want me to chat to him now or? Um, well, perhaps if he can just be, I don't know, persuaded in some way or however you, you feel fit. I imagine that's, that if there's going to be an issue with bringing other people on board, it will be from him. Why would he, why do you want him distracted? Surely he'll be fine with this. Who's going to just see some people at sea and leave them? Maybe somebody <laughs> that just torpedoed some poor guy that nicked your books. <laughs> All right, yeah, fine. I'll go chat to him about seasickness and how that can be prevented. Not torpedoed, harpooned. <laughs> He's going to find out that they're there later. If only he was a princess, I could make him fall asleep with an apple. But tragically, <laughs> the only princess I can see doesn't seem to be keeping her food down. <laughs> right, off I go. Well, maybe you could make her fall asleep with an apple until she's over it. I consider it a pond of terror. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> I'm still in the rigging. Who was that? Torquil? Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> oh, Torquil! Cheers, Torquil! Thanks for the support. More like Tickquil. <laughs> if anyone can do it, Torquil! Bambury, you, you go over to the captain? Uh, yeah. As you go over to him, he just kind of gently but firmly pushes you aside, says, Not now, Master Lutz, I appear to have some personnel coming aboard. And comes oh. over to where the boots are. <laughs> <boots are. laughs> I'm going to look over at Percy and shrug and be like, eh. I'll give him a thumbs up. Offer him milk and biscuits. Ah, good work. Cheers. Good work. I'm going to go find a rag. I will attempt to assist bringing these people on board. Yeah, yeah. Let's help them aboard. Basically, there's three people and they're in quite a bad way. The woman is conscious. You can see... Percy, that she is wearing a single silver star around her neck. That is the mark of the priesthood of Asterope, the goddess of the deep and endless sky. So she appears to be a priest. Okay. The other two people with her are a bald, dark-skinned guy dressed in a waistcoat and big, cool sailor's trousers... And he's got a big chunky knife in his belt. He's completely bald. He's lying half conscious in the boat. So the third person is like a wiry fellow. He's dressed in like a grey sailor's shirt. He's maybe a little more alert than the other two. You hold them up, I guess, and they're laid down on the decks. Someone comes over with water. Tristan, do you bring him water? I'm up in the rigging. Okay, cool. Torquil brings them over some water. He looks like the big damn hero. (laughs) As we're pulling them aboard, um, I'm going to sneakily pick their pockets if I can. Okay, cool. Just in case. Do you have a move for that? Almost certainly. Something like tricks of the trade. Right now, Gwyn's thinking, man, my paladin, he really picked a good bunch of guys to be my minions. (laughs) I've been thinking that for years. (laughs) (laughs) I've given you guys covery fire. I've got my bow ready and everything just in case. So Ali is robbing the poor people. Yes, you are potentially shooting them. And Bambri's off mopping up some sick. On decks. Okay, cool. Big, giant heroes. Yep, give me a dex roll, Enigma. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can acquire if you want them. Oh, yeah, I do. I don't know what it is. I want it. Some papers... From the priest's satchel. Okay. A symbol of the priesthood of Asterope. Yeah. A big, cool knife. Yeah. Roll a d12. I mean, 
Do you remember what happened to the last person that stole aboard this ship? Yeah, I was literally mm. just thinking this. The last person that stole something got murdered right in front of us like 24 yeah. hours earlier. I mean, I'm watching her do this. I, I don't know whether we can see it, but I'm guessing. And I'm not going to say anything. No, you you can't. She just looks like she's helping. Okay. You also find seven gold yeah. on the last guy. Okay. Okay. Got it. And roll another d12. I don't see why this will go wrong. We'll be fine. At least Enigma's not from like a really privileged, kind of well-off background <laughs> that she's now robbing from these paupers. Yeah, that's even worse, you're right. Yeah, and you also find 11 schmeckles. Yes, <laughs> that one was good. Right, okay, let me add this. Schmeckles. We're rich! And we'll never know she's got them. I was anti-stealing from these guys until the schmeckles turned up. Now... 11. Now I'm totally on board. That's it. We'll never know, though. We're never going to see them unless she pays for something. We'll go, Schmeckle! What was the other thing? There was papers and there was yeah, also... That was... Holy symbol. Holy symbol. A holy symbol of astherapy. Mm. Holy Percy, you symbol. could have sworn mm-hmm. that the woman that's been hauled up onto the boat had a priest symbol, but she seems not to now. So maybe, maybe you just dreamed it. <coughs> Percy is get, getting a bit old, to be honest. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> The equivalent of <laughs> she walks off below decks. <laughs> so what? So they've actually been nicked. That wasn't just so you decided to take them, not just sort of be aware of what they were. Well, just to have a bit of a look. I mean, these guys are not really very conscious at the moment. Well, you don't know she did. No, no, but so so they they are definitely missing, and I thought that they were there. Yeah, certainly that priest just, symbol. Okay, seems um, to be seems to be missing. And is is she awake? This this priestess as she's brought some water she starts to come round a little and she's sort of looking round at their environment and she's saying thank you thank you it's such good fortune it's percival cleft she says i have heard that name somewhere in the uh, toilets come aboard i saw, i thought i saw some i, th- I thought i saw some symbology of uh, of the priesthood but uh, apparently not yes yes we were part of a ship sailing on behalf of the church actually but there was a terrible accident on the way back i believe we're the only survivors what became of the ship was it far from here how long have you been adrift we've been adrift i think for maybe 2 days 3 it's quite vague. It's been very hot and we had no supplies at all, even when we left, just what we carried. The The ship was struck by shadow water. It's a terrible thing. Come aboard. We'll um, get you checked over and give you some candy floss. Come this way. At the mention of shadow water, the ghost crew that hear that, they kind of look a little bit nervous. The other two people with them are getting a little more conscious too. And I guess the thing that is interesting there is that the wari fellow he sees the captain and looks terrified okay um i would like to check them over and heal them if possible i'd also like to check them for any sort of diseases or anything like that they are malnourished and Mm -hmm. thirsty but in reasonably good health so we won't put a check on that you're able to help them out to a degree, they, they just need some food. So I guess Banbury knows what's going on in the kitchen. Did we decide on a new cook? Was there a new cook appointed or did that not happen that morning? Oh, that was happening the next day, wasn't it? I think that the consensus they came to was that if it wasn't a terrible idea, Tristan was clearly the best at cooking, but pretty much everyone was better than Banbury. So presumably no one's in there for Bam- like to stop Banbury from basically taking a bunch of food. No no one's in there to stop Banbury from taking food and feeding people. So Banbury will come out, he'll be cleaning himself with what they whatever they use to wipe the dishes and rubbing off <laughs> as much puke as possible. He still clearly smells of puke and of Banbury, but he'll start kind of like dishing out some very stale bread rolls to the malnourished people. And bring them over a jug of water. Okay, cool. And that starts to brighten them up. Enigma, what are you doing with these purloined goods? I'm going to have a bit of a look through the papers and see if there's anything interesting going on there. The papers are interesting. Okay. They appear to be the text of a treaty. Oh, really? And specifically a treaty between the Church of the Seven Sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
which is so they carve over church and the seal people of the southern water it states that it was made out in drift a week or so ago maybe a little say 10 days ago and it states the terms of a treaty which will lead to the seal people assisting against the ice watchers in the southern waters So generally, a good thing. Yeah, the treaty has been agreed. As an initial draft, it has been agreed by both sides. I guess the one thing you probably notice about it is that one of the conditions it states is that the practice of seal hunting in the southern waters will cease and any seal hunters who persist will be treated as criminals. Chenille, you've probably got a, a nice kind of reddish colour to it too, so it looks a bit like someone shattered a poo. I mean, that's why I took a spoonful actually. When I saw that, I thought, oh, someone's shattering a poo. I'll have some of that. <laughs> Wait, did you say someone shat in a poo? Yeah, yeah I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, good. Because <laughs> I was like, did I just get it wrong? Excellent. No. What I'm saying is, it looks like a bloody stool. <laughs> okay. Which, uh, Funnily enough, it's the name of one of the roughest bars in Farmers. <laughs> the bloody store. This seems weird. <laughs> in the song that you uh, were singing, you were talking about Lucille de Valence. So she I assume... Lucille. Yeah, so I assume Ooh. that uh, Lucille de Valence and the Pirate Shanks are like folkloric characters now. Okay, I- I'll accept that. So, uh, well, I kind of, also, I, I, it was previously been established as, as canon that they exist in every universe. I was going to say, that is true. They do did sail from universe to universe. And we have really, really been upping our in-jokes. I mean, the last episode yeah. had yeah. a lot of in-jokes. Okay, I'm on board. Well, I don't know if I can... Uh, and I start to regale the tale of when... I love it that Ben just drinks from his unicorn mug as we're doing this. <laughs> I'm into it. Were you looking for the Kraken in the local Irish pub? <laughs> no. No, I was not. You, you don't go there to get your Kraken. Battered. Battered. I'm just... I, no one's noticing how I'm in.